Hello friends, we're here for evening service uh, in these trying times with the coronavirus going rampant. It seems like that we're shut into a place, but ain't you glad that God is still on the throne and he is in control. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to start preaching or teaching through a message in Mark chapter number four. We'll pick up about the 35th verse and we'll go through Mark chapter number five, verse number one. Uh, but as you're turning there, I want to Go ahead and give a, a great thanks to our healthcare professionals that are uh, giving their life uh, for us uh, to try to take care of us. Uh, um, I know y'all are feeling defeated, uh, unappreciated, uh, but I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Uh, my kids last night said, I, I want to do something special. We all want to do something special, but I just know uh, that you may be getting depressed. You may be feeling down on yourself. Thank you so, so much for the great work that you're doing. Uh, for us. And, and not only that, uh, I've heard so many times the scripture about where two or three are gathered, uh, God will be in the midst. And yes, that is true, but they're talking about church discipline uh, whenever they're talking about uh, uh, right then and there, uh, about two or three being gathered, that's saying that church leadership, uh, that God's going to be in the midst of trying to carry out church discipline. Uh, I don't want to misrepresentate that. And, and I know that where two or three are gathered, God, yes, he will be in the midst. His spirit will show up and there will be a great service in that. But I'm glad to know, I'm getting the glory bumps right here already, right now, by myself in my friend's basement recording right here live for you, uh, that God can show up uh, when you're all alone by yourself, aren't you glad when you can go to your prayer closet uh, that God can show up and be real in a mighty way? Uh, so uh, I want everybody to, I, I said that to say this, uh, be safe, be smart, uh, be sober and vigilant. That's what God's called us to do. Uh, that I've never seen a tornado change its path. I've never seen a bullet uh, stop in its tracks because a Christian is in the way. God has given us a, a great mind. Let's use our minds and, and separate, do as the government's asking us. I know some people want to say that's a conspiracy. They can say what they want to say, uh, but I believe we should follow the leadership. The Bible tells us uh, to follow the leadership of, of, our, of our leaders of our country, and that's exactly what we should do is to be safe and know what's what. Uh, they've asked us to stay at home, uh, stay in shelter, uh, and, and just stay away, social distancing. What What is wrong with that? Uh, they're not trying to shut down the church by no means, but I believe the gospel has gone out more because we had to stay at home and we had to find new ways because you know us backwards, country rednecks. We like to go to church. We like to, we're Baptists. We like to take our casserole dinners. We love to hug on each other and love on each other, and there will be a time for that again. I promise you that we're going to get through this storm in this time but praise the lord that the gospel is going out electronically more today than has ever been in history i got to look i enjoyed this morning watching the services that were going live on facebook had so much fun seeing the numbers, knowing uh, that, you know, I, I saw a thousand people watching live on one, on one show, 400 on another, knowing that these pastors on a normal Sunday would only be preaching uh, to about 20 to 30, uh, maybe 150 max. But having 1,200 people watching live on the Internet, a man of God stand up and preach the word, praise the Lord for that. Uh, but we were so excited. But I want to tell you something uh, that I learned from Rush Limbaugh. 
of all people is the characteristics of people and human beings. We are naturally negative. We love negative. That's why when we turn on the news every single day, Every single day, we see uh, we see death, uh, sickness, all kinds of things like that. We are naturally pessimistic and negative, and it is easy for us to go in that mode. It's easy for us to do, uh, but uh, I want to say it takes work to be positive. It takes work to be uh, optimistic. Uh, so this is going to be a, a trying time for us because we're going to have to put a little bit, uh, put forth a little bit of effort to be positive, uh, to be excited. Because uh, if we look at it this way, the gospel's going out more today, these past two weeks, because we are forced to. Sometimes God forces our hands uh, to make us do things for Him. And, and we know, and we've heard this preached, it seems like every single sermon that I've heard thus far uh, since the coronavirus has struck into, says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but He has given us power, a sound mind, and also if you want to add in the book of Romans as well, uh, that the spirit of adoption. Guess what? Uh, we, we, we should not fear this thing because God is in, in control. He's completely, He has everything in His hands, and, but God has given us power, power to preach the gospel, uh, power in the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us. When we share the testimony of Him, we can go share with Him. Uh, but He's also given us a sound mind. Uh, I'm not so big on conspiracy theories, and, and I know there's a lot of uh, country preaching out there against the president and all this, trying to say they're going to shut down the church. No, they're just trying to keep us alive but so we don't go into a recession. And I think we should do uh, what we should do, keep our distance, and try to do exactly our part uh, so we can get back together. But not only that, uh, the, not to have the spirit of a fear, but the spirit of adoption. This is probably the most precious one is that we have a Father in heaven. It says that we can call out, Abba, Father. That don't mean much to us, but I have four kids at home, and there's nothing like when I come in from work, and the first thing they do, they'll stop doing whatever they're doing, they'll drop their toys right there in the floor, and they'll look up at me and say, Dad, 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 and come jump in my arms. That is the kind of Father that we serve that is in complete control. And we're, uh, we, we're nervous about what's going on in the coronavirus. We don't know what our bank account's going to do. We don't know. But we do know that we have God and Jesus. They are on the throne, ruling in heaven, and everything is under their, uh, under their control, and they've never been caught off by surprise. Uh, so uh, I want to preach to you a message tonight, maybe a, a, a message of inspiration uh, to help us get through these trying times. Uh, I've heard many people say, don't be scared, don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. And you are right. We shouldn't fear. We shouldn't be nervous. Tell me how to. I'm one of those people that uh, I like to have uh, somebody break things down. Uh, give me a game plan. Give me something to do. Put something in my hands. Uh, and that's what I hope to accomplish in this message is to give you something to do, to give you strength. And we're going to dig into the Word of God and see what the disciples done and see how Jesus handled it. And, uh, and we'll go from there. But uh, let's open up with the Lord of prayer and ask him to come help us and bless this message that it, maybe it could go out and reach the masses that could give comfort to people that we have a Father in heaven that's on the throne and in complete control. Uh, so uh, pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for not giving us the spirit of fear. 
but for giving us power, giving us a sound mind, and the spirit of adoption. Lord, we thank you so much for being a good, good father. I try to be a good father, but you're a, a far, far more superior father. Lord, help us preach now. We realize there's nothing I can say or do in this message to change any hearts. But God, you're going to have to show up in this and, and your Holy Spirit coat them. And I believe that you can go through a computer screen, through a telephone. You can do it all and bless this message. Go with us now and keep us safe. Let's not say any more or any less than you'd have us to say. It's in Jesus Christ's name we humbly do pray. Amen. We're going to pick up reading in Mark chapter number 4, verse number 35. And we'll read it on into chapter number 5, verse number 1. And it says, And the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they, and they awake him, and saith unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he rose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner, of man of, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. That correctly being read, that is Mark chapter number 4, verse 35, through chapter number 5, verse number 1. Now, I want to catch you up a little bit what's going on in the story prior to this because uh, to really understand what the Word is trying to say, we have to go beforehand and see what exactly is going on. Uh, so uh, Jesus is, has uh, come out and He started His ministry. He started healing people, started feeding people, and miracles were being being done. It says right here in the first verse that He says let's, that He wanted to separate from the multitude. What was the multitude doing? They were looking to Jesus Christ and all the miracles He was doing and a great revival was being taken place. And so uh, people were being saved. Uh, offerings have never been as high as they were that day or during that time. Uh, there, was a, uh, there was going on a healing mission, people being healed. Great things of God was going on. And they were, uh, per se, what we would say that we they were up on the mountain. I want you to notice something. Uh, in the past couple of years, have we not been on a, on a mountain, uh, typically in America? For the most part, uh, people have been up on the mountain. We've had good weather. We've been at peace. School shootings are down. So many things are going right in the way of our country. And then, bam, what do you know? The coronavirus comes and hits us. And I, re I was reminded of a story my grandpa told me a long time ago. One, a long time ago, my my grandpa he was a worker he was a construction worker he built houses he was a contractor and uh, he, he was caught up in this pace. And so he had three kids at home. And there's something about men that we uh, we want to make money. We want to do good for our family. We want to do right by our family. We want to gain and do better. That we It's like we have a calling for him. If we don't have that calling, it seems like something's missing in our life. My, my grandpa was one of those guys. And he, he was working on Labor Day of all days. He said, we don't take off for Labor Day. Goodness gracious, that's for wimps and government workers. We don't do that. Uh, we work on Labor Day. But uh, so he went to work on Labor Day, and on that Labor Day, he fell off a ladder 
and he broke his back and he was laid up in a bed for a long time. And I, I remember him telling me, he said, uh, Will, uh, I was laying there on my back in the scripture, Psalm chapter number 23, come to my mind. He says, when the Lord maketh me lie down in green pastures. Is that not so much like us? Sometimes we're up on the mountain and sometimes God slows us down for a reason. And praise God, God slows us down. And He puts us on our back, just like my grandpa. They, my, my grandpa said, what He done for him, well, He may hurt him in bodily form, but He slowed him down. So it forced him to look up into heaven and he laid down into green pastures and looked out and called unto God and remembered uh, that what was the more important things in life was his family and, and from that moment he does not work on Labor Day anymore but more more so than that he put family as a priority in his life that he needed to be a father uh, to his children better and not worry so much about going and making money. And so many times uh, what God does for us, sometimes we're up on a mountain, uh, we're just going through life going really, really fast. God forces us to slow down. And that's exactly what Jesus says. And I can imagine being a good Baptist preacher like ourselves, Lord, oh, we just come out of a revival. Why in the world are we going to leave this right here? Uh, people are being saved. People are being healed. But Jesus knew what needed to be done and that he needed to leave. They needed to separate themselves and go to the other side. So we pick up in verse number says, let us pass uh, to the other side. Uh, and God also knows uh, that in that all that going on, you know, there's been revivals all around about. I've been seeing more people be saved. And I'm like, God, what in the world is going on? And I, I'm, I'm reminded about uh, Charles Finney. Uh, he, he, you can say what you want to about Charles Finney, but he wrote, a, he wrote a book about a revival. And how does revival happen? And he says, many times revival comes out of a, a great a, a, a problem, something that happens, whether it be financially, whether it be physically. Oftentimes when a, a catastrophe happens, a great revival follows. Uh, but, uh, so, uh, but we get caught up in our distractions so many times, and God causes us to slow down and look up to heaven and take our distractions away. Way. But it says that they go and they go get into a rickety raft. Now, uh, when we read, if you're reading out of the King James, it says, get into the ship. Now, we thinking, you know, carnival cruise, a big old ship, 8,000 rooms, water slides, and all kinds of things. That's not what kind of ship they got into. Uh, they was getting into a rickety old raft, just a little wooden boat. It wasn't been too, too big. Apparently, it had a cabin big enough for to go sleep in. Uh, but I don't know if you've ever been deep sea fishing or anything like that. Once you get out about 100 yards, those waves are a lot bigger than what you think they are, and you'll be sick just like that. So uh, how easily a good storm could come up and get a hold of them. But uh, so what happens is uh, uh, they get on the boat. They just follow Jesus at his word. Now, sometimes we just got to follow Jesus at his word. We don't understand. Actually, I say most of the time we don't understand why God is wanting us to do what we're supposed to do, but we're just supposed to do it and say, amen. It's kind of like my kids. Uh, uh, they, they love to say the word why. Why, Dad? Because I said so. That's why you need to do it. And sometimes that's just what we got to do is just follow God and know that God has a, our best interest in, in, in form. So uh, he goes, they get into the ship, all the disciples, they follow him. And it says, arose a great storm of wind. And uh, it comes and the waves got real big. And then, uh, but what, where in the world was Jesus at? He was in the bottom of the boat asleep. 
Was he worried about the storm? No, he was not worried about the storm. He knew the storm was coming before he got in the boat. But what he said, he said, let us pass to the other side. And God is, guess what? God is on the throne. Jesus Christ is on the throne. And I don't know, I don't, I don't care how you believe about the end times of the Bible, but guess what? I know enough that Jesus Christ is going to win. And if you're on his side, you're on the winning side. And we're going to get to the other side, but just because he says so. But I'm more so on just what Jesus Christ done in this story. I want to talk to you about uh, about uh, what the disciples did because this is what we really need because who knows? We're not Jesus. You know that, right? That we are not Jesus. So we have to look and see what the disciples and take notes about what uh, Jesus Christ done for the disciples and see what the disciples done. So uh, during this trying time, uh, the, the coronavirus is all around us. I've seen people post on Facebook and uh, Instagram saying they feel so alone and so isolated. But I want you to notice something. The disciples weren't alone on the ship. I imagine as soon as the storm started going, they started freaking out. And it's the same way, whenever life crisis comes, uh, we just start taking our, our focus. We take it out of the out of the world. We start focusing in on ourselves, and we feel like we're the only one there. And I imagine when they start, the waves started getting really big. Uh, whenever it comes fight or flight time, uh, when your life is on the line, all you really start to do is worry about yourself just for a second. But they were more than just one disciple on there. They were many people on the ship. And I want you to know, church. I want you to know anybody that's listening that you're not the only one going through the coronavirus. Uh, there are many people across the whole world globally that are going through this exact same thing. And you say, well, uh, we knew that, but sometimes we forget there's other people going through things like that. And I want you to remember that you are not alone. And God has called us as a church. That's why we. That's why we, it's so hard for us. Goodness gracious, we're calling off a church service. Uh, the government, it feels so against what we're supposed to do. But God has linked us up through technology. We got telephones. I can text somebody just right here, right now, and be in contact. That is what God has called us to do. Uh, so as we're going through this trying time, I want you to look at this. Imagine. There's so if knowing that you're not alone in this boat or in this thing, what can we do? We can call on some friends. Let's go not out great bigger picture than just the coronavirus. Let's go to cancer. Cancer is an awful word. I hope nobody I wish nobody got cancer. I wish that was the fact, but the fact of the matter is some people do get cancer. But guess what? If you're in part of a community of believers, you're not alone in that. Oftentimes when you go to a church or if you're surrounded by or surrounded around by a community of believers, uh, that you have somebody you can call on that somebody else has already been through the same cancer, uh, the same treatments, has been through the same things, and you can go call them and talk to them and find comfort because they've been through some of the same things that you're fixing to go through. What about raising up kids when kids are having trouble? Somebody going through divorce. What if you're going through a divorce? Go talk to somebody else that's been through a nasty divorce. They can talk to you. You're not alone in this. For the mothers at home at this point in time, ready to pull their hairs out. Or the dads at home right now at this point in time because they've shut down work and we've uh, been asked to stay at home with our kids. you got a telephone. Go call your friend. Ask them, hey, what are you doing with your kids? Give me some ideas. I've run out of ideas. I've done all the schoolwork in about an hour and a half. What in the world am I going to do with the other nine hours of the day? Give me some ideas. Slow down and have conversation with your kids. Slow down 
And not take for granted what God is going and doing inside of your life right now. Sometimes God slows us down. But we remember, right near and right now, we are not alone. The disciples were not alone in the ship. But don't you know, there's a second thing we need to do is not only remember that we're not alone, but we've got to remember who we need to take our worries and our fears to. Who do we take it to? I don't know about you. There's many times in my life that I've taken it to the wrong person. I've taken it to friends, talking, taking it to my parents, taking it to my spouse, taking my kids, and I've taken. And they gave me information, just like Job. Job went to all of his friends, and his friends told him what to do and all kinds of things, and tried to help him out in life. But he didn't take them to the right. So what we have a God in heaven, and that's exactly uh, what the disciples did: is they took their problems to the only person that actually could do anything about their problem. Do you realize that that the, Donald Trump can't do nothing for you? Uh, the, the government can't do what the, the, your needs for you. Your parents, nobody can do and meet the needs like God can. God is ultimately the only one that can do anything. But it's, kind of, but it's not just a, a one-time ordeal. You have to keep taking your things and stuff inside of your life. Now, uh, I, I go work. I, I go work and make the money for my house. And it's not my money. It is our money. And my wife takes care of the house, but there's there's a few things that I am in charge of of taking part of in my house. And I think it's like every man's thing is taking out the trash. That's what I do when I get home. I go take out the trash. Sometimes I take it out daily, and sometimes we we'll go three or four days without filling up the trash can. But it's something I have to complete, keep doing. You have to, just because you're saved, so many times we, uh, we just explain the gospel that, hey, you come, uh, believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. Everything's rainbows and sunshine and skittles and pie in the sky and, and all the way into glory. But guess what? There's this thing after salvation, which is called life, uh, that you're going to have some suffering, you're going to have some troubles, and you, and you have to constantly, constantly, constantly be going, taking it to our Father God and giving Him our problems. But I want you to notice something. Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of First Peter chapter number five verse number seven says cast your cares on the lord because he cares but so many times we don't take our problems to the lord because we don't really believe that god really cares god really cares about all of your problems he cares about them he wants you to bring them to him he's the, that's where we need to go but when, it, when it's talking about the word cast your prayers uh we uh, sometimes i think about uh, we preachers we like to say sometimes we'll just spit something out and say pull and shoot and hope we hit something but uh, i want to say to you that's not the, what god wants us to do when we get down and, and bend our knees to prayer and take them things take our things to him he don't want us to do that he wants us to come uh, with intent he wants us to go with a plan to take our true and cares because god really cares for us and he wants us to cast with intention so take your cares to god uh, i guarantee you uh, the disciples were not worried about their finances wasn't worried about their their health they wasn't worried about anything uh, they was just worried about living and knew that jesus christ was the only one that could do anything for them so they took their cares and they put it on the Lord. But uh, not only that, is don't add more to yourself than what God has ordained for you. What are you saying? Hey, preacher, I thought, I thought the Bible says God won't put no more on you than you can handle. Well, he said he won't tempt you more than you can handle. But sometimes I think it's prescribed. 
Sometimes God puts more on you uh, than you can handle just so you'll turn your eyes to Him. But here's another thing. Don't add stuff for Him too. What are you saying, preacher? So many times, you know, it's a hard enough time right now. It's a hard thing going through. Uh, but don't we just like love, love helping God out, put some more stuff on our plate. Uh, we'll spend hours reading Facebook and all the experts that know everything about the coronavirus. We turn on ABC and uh, the world's going down in flames. And the Bible tells us to have a sound mind. You need to know what's going on. We don't need to like, be like an ostrich with our head in the sand. We need to know what's going on. But you can't consistently keep just stuffing junk into your mind because it'll overcome your state of mind. But have a sound mind. Have a balance. Know what's going on, but for the most part, put that stuff away. Pick up your Bible. Pick up a book about the Bible. Sit down and talk to your wife. Sit down and talk to your husband. Talk to your kids. Make memories in this moment, in this, moment, in this time. But most of all, if you're really struggling and you're feeling alone, you don't have to feel alone. Other people feel that way too. But take it to God because He's the only one that can do anything. And go with intention. Say, God, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about my finances. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about my parents. I'm worried about these things. I'm worried. God, give it over to God because He is ultimately the only one that can do anything about it. But not only that, whenever the disciples went to take their problem to God said, God, we're fixing to die in this storm. When they went down below deck and saw Jesus sleeping there on the pillow, I believe Jesus was sleeping with one eye open the whole time because He was fully man and fully God all at the same time. He, he was fully man and fully God. I believe He was asleep, had one eye open. He knew what was going on. But whenever they took their eyes off the storm and went under deck, under deck and saw Jesus, they took their eyes off the problem and they looked on Jesus. That's what happens when you go and take your things to God. When you go take your problems to God, all of a sudden you start praying in your prayer room and I'm not going to be a prosperity preacher and saying that, hey, God's just this big pinata in the sky that you got your prayer stick and you got your faith as how hard you're going to swing it. And if you swing that faith and prayer hard enough that you hit the pinata in the sky, He's going to pour blessings down inside of you. No, more often times than not, when you go into the prayer room and you take it, and put your eyes on God and you start looking at Him and you get set and focused on God uh, that more times than not, you don't change God's mind. He knows what's going on. Sometimes God does change His mind. But more times than not, when you go and pray, God starts doing work inside of here uh, that only He can do. And He gives you that peace that passes all understanding. The storm all are raging around you anyways. But you're not worried about the storm because you're looking at your Father God. But I want you to notice something when he does it. He comes out. Jesus comes out. He stands up. I, I picture him standing up here on the bow. And, and the disciples, they, they're leaning down nervous as a cat, scared to death. And he stands up. And he looks at them and he looks at the waves and says, Peace, be still. And then he turns around and looks back at them and says, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I want you to notice something right here. At the very beginning it says, 
there arose a great storm. The disciples took it to God. They took their eyes off the storm and they put it on Jesus Christ. Jesus stands up. He says, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. There's a great storm. And there's a great calm. There's a great storm. And there's a great calm. I'll praise God, praise God. There, there is just the perfect amount of grace for every situation. Yes, it feels like we're going through a great storm. Yes, it feels like the, uh, the world is crashing around us. The stock market's tanking. Everything seems like it's going around. Uh, but there's a revival being taken place and that God has sent plenty of grace. The same amount of grace for the storm is the same amount of grace that's going to send a great calm uh, when this nation... Uh, we can turn our eyes back to God. A family's being put back together because we're turning our eyes to God. And this is the way He has chose to calm the storm and to get us to the other side. He asked the question, it says, how is it that you have no faith? Now these are the disciples. They've left everything. I want you to listen to their answer after they see God do this great thing. He says, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the seas obey Him? What manner of man is this that even wind and the sea obey him? How can they say that? How can say they, they're good Baptist preachers? They're deacons, they're Sunday school teachers. They went through the storm just like everybody else. They just come out of a great revival. They got on this rickety old raft, went across the storm come, Jesus stands up and he rebukes the wind, tells it to be still. And they're amazed at what Christ has just done. They're amazed and they ask themselves this question, what manner of man is this? Right now at this point in time, I believe one of the most often asked questions that frees us in our Christian walk is that one, we have past guilt. That's not what we're going to talk about right now but we don't know if we're saved or not. We don't know if we're saved or not. If we are actually a follower of Jesus Christ, because we go to the book and it says, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. It said that they did great works in the name of the Lord. In trying times like this, we can't help but to think about the tribulation. We think about the end of the world. We think about so many things. Oh, we're going through depression. We, 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 all these things are creeping into our mind, and we're so worried. And there's one thing that I want you to know of without a shadow of the Bible. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 13, it says uh, that we can know that we are saved without a shadow of a doubt. See, right here, the disciples, uh, they had seen Jesus Christ do great things. Maybe you've been inside of a church house. You've heard the preaching. You've heard the singing you've been part of great revivals uh, maybe you've been by the church you're not even part of a church and maybe this is the first time you've ever heard the gospel preached i want to tell you to you uh, this morning this evening this whatever time you're listening to this that you can turn your eyes to jesus christ because he is the only one that can do anything about what you're going through 
You are not alone. Go talk to somebody because uh, we have all gone through there. It's not a shame to be a lost. There's not a, it's not a shame to not be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a shame to stay that way. But guess what? You can cast your cares on the Lord because He cares for you. That's not just, uh, the, just the people that are saved right now, but every human being that will ever live. Uh, you turn your cares on the Lord and He will save you. The reason, the reason they looked up and says, what manner of man is this is because it's the first time that they had to exercise their true and living faith and it became real to them. Every once it has to become real to you. At some point in time in your life, it will become real inside of your life that you realize that there is a Jesus Christ, that He is God, that He died on the cross, that He came by the way of a virgin, He lived the perfect life, He died on the cross, He went into the grave, and He was dead, D-E-A, dead, not just in a coma, not just the swoon theory. Nobody stole his body. But on the third day, he victoriously rose from the dead and he became victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Guess what? Every single one of us, even if we all make it through this right here in this coronavirus, 100 out of 100% out of 100% of men are going to die. And then after this is going to be the judgment. Now, as we're going through this, maybe this is a blessing of God to make us all slow down and realize that we need to have a faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Maybe you've seen all these great things. You've been in church. You've been a Sunday school teacher. You've been a deacon. You've been a preacher. It doesn't matter. Maybe a storm's come to your house now. And faith has become real for you. What are you going to do? Are you going to Christ? Are you going to turn your heart to Him? Right now at this time, if you've never pronounced Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to pray with me. Ask Him into your heart. You say, but I, preacher, I'm not at an altar. I'm not at a church service. That's fine. I've heard people getting saved in the milk truck, saved on the front steps of the church, saved in a car. The eunuch, he got saved in a chariot. It doesn't matter where you're at. Maybe God's just speaking to you. He's the only one that can do anything about it. He's the only one that can give you eternal salvation and eternal life. And all He asks from us in the book of Romans chapter number 10 is to believe in thy heart and confess with thy mouth. Maybe you're one of those, you're struggling in this time. You're saved. You know you're saved. You know good and well that if, if, if God so called you out, that you're going to heaven. But you're, you feel like you're being depressed, being uh, set inside by yourself in isolation. God has made us for family and for being, in, being together. And though we can't lock arms, hold hands, hug each other like we want to, we still got telephones. We still got the internet. We still got lines of communication. And we're not any of us in it alone. Take your worries and fears to God, whether you're saved or whether you're lost, because He's the only one that can ultimately do anything about it. I'm going to bow my head in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, and I thank you for the opportunity to preach your blessed word. Lord, I pray a blessing on this message, God. They'll reach out and touch the lost souls. 
and those that are struggling with depression and worry, that they remember that they God has not given us a spirit of fear. We have nothing to fear. Not in God. He's given us a sound mind to know to stay away from dangerous things, take care of ourselves and all those things. But God, you are given have given us the spirit of adoption where we can look up to you and say, Father. Lord, I pray if there's one that has listened to this message that is lost coming into this message, and if this is the time that they proclaim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they go call somebody, tell somebody that they just got saved. Maybe I not, may never get the information back to me, but one day I'll see them in heaven, and they'll get to tell me, I say, praise the Lord, ain't Jesus Christ great? Through the storm, He can work miracles. And he can save souls. Lord, I know that you love your people. And I know that you're in control. And I know that you can see everything and you're never caught off in surprise. What a great time for our church to turn our hearts to you. We love you and we thank you and praise you. In Jesus Christ's name we humbly do pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us and listening to our service. So probably going to become the new norm of posting online, getting messages out. I don't have to preach in front of a great amount of people. But I want to preach for the glory of Jesus Christ, that he be high and lifted up. And the Bible says if he's high and lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. That's what I desire to see most. Men, women, boys, and girls come to be saved. Men, women, boys, and girls surrounding themselves in the community of the local church to know they're a part of one body. And one day we're going to heaven to be all together. We love you. And we're praying for you.